Hello, I'm Charlotte. Hopefully this is not too loud. Um, okay, so I'm back with another episode. This episode, actually, I have been thinking about filming for literally years um, just because it's been something weighing on my mind and something I've thought about for for just a really long time. Just one of those things that like was always on my mind as I was growing up and um, basically, as you can tell by the title, it is the concept of ego and your own ego um, and just how much you should have. Um, I'm just gonna make sure this is recording. The reason why I want to talk about ego um, is, I don't even know how I'm gonna start this. I, growing up, um, again, I feel weird saying I all the time, um, but it is all I have to relate to. So I, growing up, um, I, I believe ego is on a scale. Um, and I believe that you should have a, a healthy amount of ego. You shouldn't have too much and you shouldn't have too little. And you should just be kind of in this sweet spot where you see good in yourself and you're confident and competitive and you, um, have the correct amount of self love to be ambitious, um, to have that ego, to, to, to just feel that security in yourself is important. When I moved here, um, I would say my ego moving here, first of all, dissolved. I moved from Toronto and I had like a normal ego in Toronto of just being a girl in Toronto, living it up. Um, and when I moved here, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything. I was so like fish in a new pond, like small, like I just didn't, I was just ego death, I would say. Um, and I actually, I, I've talked about this. I don't know which episode you're gonna see first cause I don't know when I'm gonna put any of this shit out, but I've talked about this, I know, um, about the aspect of moving to a different city can cause an ego death. And it for sure did for me. And I'm so happy that it did. Um, but the problems that came with that, um, affected me in different ways. Um, so being around all of these people, once I moved here, um, kind of slowly, but surely, um, chasing this kind of pipe dream, I was around almost only dreamers, people that had a certain level of ego to feel that they could be the biggest actor in the world or be the biggest YouTuber in the world or be like they had a certain level of self-love and ego, I would say. Um, and I just, I think majority of people don't have that, <laughs> don't have that kind of belief in themselves. Um, and that's ego. Like that's like to a degree ego and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not here saying to have a little bit of ego is wrong. Um, I'm actually kind of saying the opposite and I've learned being around all of these kind of incredibly inspiring people who have such a strong belief in themselves, um, to want that for myself in terms of my self belief. I believe that I was truthfully capable of no good. I believed um, that I was bad, that I was like this bad girl, this bad egg, this bad thing. Um, that's just what I believed um, based on kind of how I grew up and how I chose to deal with the pain that I had and act out in the ways that I did. I just started to believe that I must be bad. I must be a bad one. At this point, I'm looking at my friends as just different than me in the sense of 
they were the high achievers and they were the ones doing shit with their lives. And like, that was for them. I never once considered ever that it was going to be me. I got scouted to model and I was so confused why on earth I got scouted to model. And it, it almost hurt my ego even more, to be honest, because it felt like some level of imposter syndrome. Like I am going to get found out in some way. Um, and kind of years went by with this mentality of just, I suck. I'm not good enough. This is all a joke. Um, and I'm not going to try. And I never did, to be honest with you. I never tried to like make it in entertainment because I just, in order to do that, you need to see good in yourself. And not everybody does. Not everybody does. That's the truth. During this time, I remember I had no belief in myself. I saw no good in myself. I saw no anything. I didn't think I was good enough to do this. I didn't think I was good enough to do that. I didn't think I was pretty enough to do this. I didn't think I was smart enough to ever become talented. I I looked at people who were talented as people who were just like tapped into some some part of themselves that like made it regardless in, in any field, people who are talented at sports or people who are talented in singing and acting and, and the arts. I just looked at that as like something that I could never be. I could never be talented. I'm not smart enough to be talented. I'm not smart enough to figure out how to do that. Um, that's how I looked at myself. I, I also grew up, um, granted, because I was so terrible in school and dyslexic and I, I actually didn't learn how to read until second grade. I was like the worst reader in my grade by far. I remember in first grade, we had to teach the, uh, read to the kindergarten class um, a book. And I didn't know how to read at that time. And I got paired with this little boy and I read him like a hockey book. And I literally just made up the entire story because I didn't know how to read. I was so behind in class. And I was like very much like in the that girl in that group that like you'd have to come back in your recesses and learn the days of the week and the months of the year and kind of go over like different adjectives, like that kind of thing. I was just a little behind in school. And I knew that, you know things when you're young, you're not just stupid. Like you, I mean, I guess to a degree I kind of was, but it, you're not just like oblivious to where you fall in the hierarchy. And I was very aware at that age that I must be stupid. I must be the one of the dumb kids. Um, I And that paired with kind of me acting out in my home and being a little bit more, I went to a school of also 150 kids. It was in a house and I, like a huge big house, 150 kids each, like it, it was very bizarre. Um, we called our teachers by their first names. It was a very progressive school. We didn't even keep score on games we played in gym class. It was like that non-competitive and that like dumb. Me and my sister, my older sister, were like by far the edgiest kids at the school. I think because of our dad who would be in our ear all the time telling us how dumb he thought our school was and how stupid he thought our school was that we did too. We were like, how stupid is this school? We were just a little like, we were like the inappropriate kids and would say inappropriate things. Um, my sister in different ways, she rebelled much more than me in school and I rebelled much more at home. So that in combination with not learning how to read that well, not being that great at reading and writing, actually I was fine at writing, reading, um, 
and math and just all of the above, I grew up thinking that I was stupid and bad because a lot of things. I don't know how much I should share. I don't know. Um, but other things kind of went on in my hometown where I was kind of labeled as the bad girl, like the naughty girl, like the one who is up to no good kind of girl. Um, I guess I should briefly share that. Um, I, there was, and when I was 13 years old, um, a kid in my grade found, uh, his mom found weed in his bedroom and he told his mother that it was my weed. I was 13 years old. So that kid's mom went around, and it wasn't my weed, went around and told all the other Jewish moms, um, which I, and I also wasn't Jewish, but I was friends with all the Jewish kids, that I was this bad girl. Um, to the point where when I went to summer camp that summer, uh, they searched my bags for drugs. Um, they confiscated my phone, which was an I, iPod, like it was an iPod, no, no SIM card, wasn't a phone, but they confiscated it, um, which you're, you were allowed to bring at that time. You could bring iP iPods and it was a phone without a SIM card that I was using as an iPod. I actually, on my life, did not have a SIM card. It wasn't even my phone. It was an old phone of mine, um, but they just really didn't like me. I actually remember at that summer camp, I looked under the office and in writing, someone had wrote Briar, which is my name. Briar is a druggie under it. And I just like died like at that kind of stuff. It was like, ah, I hate that I even care. But it did affect me. Like it kind of this like weird like hatred from these like older moms to a child. I was literally 12 to 13 and moving on to 15. Those, those whole years um, where these moms just did not like me because they thought I was taking drugs and was a bad influence on their kid. I always knew, or at least I thought I knew in my heart that I was like a good girl um, and capable of like so much love and stuff like that. So I was always so confused that I was getting these weird labels. I was just like, I always felt like, so I never want to say this, misunderstood. I like literally throw up at that concept. I didn't feel misunderstood, but I just felt, um, I just felt bad. I just like kind of owned it. I was like, I must be bad then. Like if this, if everyone's saying this stuff and I'm the one misbehaving in class and I'm misbehaving at home and I'm, ang I seem to be very angry and cynical I'm bad, like that's the truth. I always was aware of it was my fault, like when I was young, I never thought it wasn't. I always was like, this is me, this is my fault, this is my problem, whatever. Um, so that in comparison, I mean, that also tied in um, with some stuff with my mom, some beliefs my mom kind of put on me as well. Um, left me once I moved here very very pathetic mindset of myself I didn't think much of myself I didn't think I had any skills I didn't think I had any good about myself to be honest with you I actually didn't I didn't think I was going to be successful in my life I didn't think I deserved to be successful I just thought I was there's winners and losers and I'm not a winner 
I'm kind of this bad, this kind of bad girl. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. Um, and I think the guilt of being kind of this bad girl in Toronto, um, and just the shame of that. Um, when I moved to LA, I really wanted to make friends and I really wanted to be accepted and just be happy when I moved here. And like, it was so scary when I moved here that I completely took the defense end and I became kind of this like very weak girl where I like never wanted to step on anyone's toes. I did never wanted to do anything bad ever again, <laughs> ever again. So, and I honestly kind of didn't like, I never like fucked somebody over and I never was going to like just misbehave. Like I was never going to misbehave ever again. You hear it, heard it from me. Like it wasn't going to happen. So I kind of became this like shriveled up version that like of myself that like when naturally when as a kid, I was this kind of natural leader, very outgoing and very kind of more powerful when I was younger. Um, I didn't want that power. I was kind of scared of it because I had learned that I was like bad, that I had learned that I, 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 I could become cynical and I could become just bad, um, that I kind of diminished it completely. Um, so unconsciously too, this was an unconscious decision that I've now discovered as I've gotten older is what I've done. Um, so I, became just kind of quiet and I became much more shy even though I was still kind of shy as a kid um I just wanted people to like me and I was okay with being like the sidekick like I didn't want to be the most powerful girl in the room I just didn't want that I didn't think I needed to have that and I just didn't want it um I just wanted to be accepted and I wanted people to like me it's really easy to get hooked on beliefs and kind of a story you tell yourself um, of how you are and who you are and what you deserve. And I believe this story for a really long time. And I'm still not even close to being completely out of this story. But for the first time this year, I've opened a door to the possibility that this story is just not true and I was never bad. And I'm actually good on the inside. And, um, and, and really having me believe that um, was kind of like the last thing. So, um, I'm like, mm, okay. Um, things touch me really easily. Um, you'll probably learn that as I continue doing these episodes. Um, I just get touched very easily by things. Um, and it's not just ignore it pretty much um but yeah so um I became like a little hyper aware of um of people who are striving more than me I came to a point in my life um where I I've also said stuff similar where I kind of got fed up with myself and I wanted more for myself um out of respect, as I've said, for my older self. Um, sometimes when you feel that pathetic about yourself, you don't even want to do it for you. Because what's the point? 
something that also helped me was doing it for my kids. Um, that helped me help motivate me to want more for myself. Because if I'm doing it for my kids, my future kids, um, then it's not just me, then I'm doing it for them. And that like really motivated me because I wanted, mm, I wanted to, I want to, I wanted my kids to be proud of me. Oh, I wanted my kids to be proud of me. And I knew that they weren't going to be proud of me if I never did anything and never believed in myself. Um, so that's some, a trick that I use to want, kind of dig myself out of this hole, um, is because it's hard to even want to, um, want that, like at that point. Um, and I know not everyone is going to understand this part of life or like this mentality, but some people hopefully will. People were telling me at this time, like, friends and people I would meet like you could really do something with yourself and you could really like do this like why don't you should be an actress you should do this like why don't you have a podcast like why don't you make a YouTube channel like things like that and I was like no like I'm not going to do that like that's like that's just for everyone else like so I think m m most people in the world aren't striving to be Madonna they are just striving to be the best of themselves so if you're hearing people in your ear telling you that you should be famous or you should be something to people, it's confusing and that's too much pressure. And it's just like, why would I be doing that? Why? Why do I have deserve a space in entertainment? Um, which is the most competitive kind of field you can go into. It's so hard and not everyone can do it or be successful in it. Um, so I just didn't understand um, why the entertainment world was so pushing, pulling me into doing this job um, with the kind of beliefs that I had at the time. Um, I was getting so many opportunities, um, uh, casting for Euphoria. I had never done an acting class and I was getting these crazy opportunities that, and, and, thing, and jobs and castings and I just didn't have that thing in me. I wasn't that girl that was gonna win. I was that girl that was just like, why am I getting this like kind of thing? And I wanted to, I wish so deeply I could be that girl that was gonna win, that was gonna do that. And that thought she could act and thought she could do this and strive for more, but I just wasn't. I then took a meeting with myself, multiple meetings. I have meetings with myself quite often to be, to be real with you. I took a meeting with myself and I told myself I wanted more. I wanted to be brave and I wanted to be courageous and I wanted to be this ideal version of myself. Um, this girl that had that belief in herself. So at this point, I, had, I wasn't talented in anything. Um, I wasn't well read. I wasn't anything. I had never, I was just a girl. Like I hadn't done anything worthwhile even to myself, like not, not even on a success standpoint, just to myself. I hadn't like, at least in my eyes, I hadn't. I kind of ran into a weird roadblock because I didn't have the kind of confidence in myself at this point to even gain a little bit felt almost wrong. It felt almost conceited. Um, and then that's what triggered 
me to be suddenly very interested in the concept of ego. Um, because then I started to question what is right? What is the right amount of ego that one should have? I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. So kind of like going into entertainment where I see all of these people have this kind of ego of themselves, um, where they believe that they are special. They believe that they are better and that they are worthy and that they deserve the best. Um, I started to question, is that right? Is that the amount of ego that I want to have? I started to then plan out how much ego do I want? Because I, at this point, had none. I had no confidence in myself. Sure, I'm sure I had a little bit. I think the Dalai Lama is like the only person who might have none. So I can't make that claim. But I just didn't, I, it was more of like a negative, dark cloud of ego over me, of just this shriveled up little per thing of a person. Um, so that was my ego. Um, and I wanted to get out of the negatives and go into the positives. Um, so I started to think, what amount of confidence do I want? Do people want? It's not all the same, it's a scale. Um, and I didn't know what was right and I didn't know what was true to me. If I had too much, I would lose parts of myself. Truly, I would. Because I wouldn't be the same girl as I was back then. If I suddenly felt this like insane ego boost, I just wouldn't be the same. I would have quote unquote lost myself. So I started to think like, what is ideal? How much do I want? And if I was going to be a person in entertainment, and if I was going to be fighting against and with all these other people that feel this way about themselves, what am I supposed to feel about myself? I was a girl never going to pursue entertainment and no ego even close to the people that feel this burning desire that they should deserve to be there. And I had to, I had to fight to get there, like to, to get on their same page. Um, and I didn't want to fuck it up for myself. Um, I knew I wanted more, but I didn't know how much I wanted. I, I looked at it in the way of like, what do people in, in the entertainment world, people in, in, agencies and managements what are they looking for what in their eyes is like the ideal person to work in this industry and in my imagination it was a girl or a guy that knew they were the best that were irrefutably had this belief in themselves and knew they were the best so i had to think that of myself or have to and that was kind of a hard thing to wrestle with um Am I supposed to say to myself that I'm special? Am I supposed to say to myself that um, I deserve it more than other people, that I'm better than other people? Um, that was a really hard thing for me to do. And it still is a hard thing for me to do. Um, because it kind of went against everything I felt naturally before I went into this. Um, I never wanted to believe that I was better than somebody or special even i feel like a lot of people believe that they are special and they and i've also thought about that i'm like is that good are every is everyone supposed to believe that they're special in some way and that's supposed to be helpful in some way is that a good thing should i believe that i'm special no i i rejected the thought um to believe that i'm special it felt uncomfortable i even have video diaries actually of me because i do video diaries of wrestling with the same thing of just like, am I supposed to believe this? 
Is this helpful for me? What does this do for me? I don't know. And is it only helpful for entertainment? How much ego am I supposed to have? How much am I supposed to feel about myself? I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. I've had to like think about this and decide. There's so many versions of myself that I could become. There are, not just me, everybody. There's limited, ver limitless versions of yourself that you can become if you decide that that's the direction you wanna go in. Or it could be unconscious, but I feel like I'm deciding. What if you always wanna carry some sort of humility, some sort of, I am like everyone else. What if you want to carry that? But what if that doesn't do you justice in entertainment? What if that carrying that hinders you for the rest of your life? I don't know. I don't know if that's not even true. I don't know if that's true at all. Um, I don't know if there's a certain thing you have to rise to, a certain person you have to become, a certain ego that you need to have in order to be successful. Um, what's a healthy ego? Maybe I'm just missing a certain as aspect of aggression that maybe would be helpful. Maybe that's honestly it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't want to be soft anymore. I think that's like, I've been kind of like this like soft person that like is okay with people walking, not all over her. I actually don't, I'm not okay with that. I've never let people walk all over me, but letting every, every other person win, I've been okay with. That's, that's the softness I'm talking about of kind of not going after what I want and not believing that I deserve anything. Um, so I don't want this softness and maybe I'm just missing an aggressiveness. Maybe it's not ego at all. I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't. And I, I, I am just speaking my thoughts out loud on a topic that has been going through my head for legit like three years. That was just something I always struggled with was the concept of building an ego um, or having it built naturally. I had to seek out to build it myself. Um, and I'm doing it and I'm still doing it to the point where I can post a podcast now. People have been asking me to post podcasts since I was 16 and I could never do it because I did not have any belief in myself to do it. Um, and I do now. Um, I actually think that I have stuff to say now and I can say that, which is really cool because um, I mean it. Like I genuinely mean that. So um, it's really cool. My psychiatrist told me to um, kind of take in nice things people had said about me and start to believe them. And I did, I, cause I was open. I wanted to change. I was willing to do anything to make it happen. And if, and even at that point, and I know some people understand this, like if, if someone's telling you to believe that you can still not do it, I decided to skip the months of going back and forth of whether I was going to do it or not and did it that night. And I was like, I'm going to believe this just to save myself time. And in the closet, I did. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I chose to believe. I think it was that, um, I don't remember actually. I, I don't remember what the exact like compliment was that I chose to believe is true. Um, but I remember um, that thinking that it went to my head because then I started believing this compliment about me was true and it freaked me out because then I started getting self-conscious that I was going to be a girl that was cocky. And just this one, just this one kind of compliment freaked me out because I started to look at myself 
just in a slight different way. It was still kind of the same pathetic girl, but just this one kind of bright light freaked me out because I thought I was losing myself. Um, ego is a very interesting thing to build. You don't want too much. No one can convince me that's right because I've seen people with too much and I've never wanted to be that. I've always wanted to not be that, to be honest with you. Um, but then being in this world kind of forces you to change your ego. You need to want to be better. You need to want to be the best. And you need to believe in yourself to a degree far greater than other people need to believe in themselves. A different kind of belief. All I'm doing is focusing, at least for now, on telling myself that I can do anything. I can, and changing my attitude. And being able to accept compliments still something I'm working on um in a in a way where I'm not like oh my god thank you so much like embarrassed by it which is like my instinctual reaction um where I kind of feel like they're kidding and just being like thank you thank you so much I'm a mature mature reaction to it um I don't know I look at people who kind of have reached their human potential um Someone like Harry Styles, for instance. Harry Styles, I don't know him, by the way. Let me preface with that. Um, is someone to me, I could use any singer in this place, but he stands out to me because he, you can tell, believes that he is special and believes that he is like God, you know? And that, that's, that was what he needed to achieve and that sense of belief in himself to be the person that he is today. Um, I don't know if he believed that his whole life. Maybe that was something he had to decide to be the absolute biggest rock star. You have to believe that you are God, like Kanye. Like, is that human potential? Is that the end goal? Is like, you reach this kind of like, you just kind of exit reality where you just believe that you are a divine human being better than everyone else? I don't know if that's completely true. I'm not here to make claims on how he feels about himself, by the way. But just from someone noticing that kind of stuff, is that the end goal? Is the end goal of entertainment to believe that you are God in some way? Like, is that if you want, if you want to be as successful as someone like Harry Styles, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, like the top, the top, top of their profession? Someone, people that you and most people can say have reached human their human potential. They have reached their human potential. And what they feel about themselves and their ego that is attached to this human potential, is that ideal? Is that what we're striving for? That level of security and that level of confidence and that level of self-love? Is that the end all be all of life? Is that the ideal? Or is that wrong? I don't know. I don't know if that's what I should be striving for. If I want to continue in entertainment, should I believe that I'm the best or no? Because my alarm bells go off. I, I ask myself the question. I'm like, is that the end? Is that the goal? Is that the finish line? You're supposed to feel like that about yourself? Or is that wrong? Is that the opposite of enlightenment? 
Is that the opposite? To believe that your presence means more than other people's. But what if it does to some level because of their influence? I don't know. It's just something I found interesting. And as I've, as I continue in this field and continue to strive for excellence now, because I hold myself to a different standard and I, and I believe that the sky's the limit for me now, which I didn't before, not even close. I'm like actually shocked that I'm even this person, this version of me actually exists now because I, I thought her up and didn't actually know if I was ever going to get there. And the fact that she kind of exists is crazy, like legit crazy. But it just like you can do anything you want in this world. I, I and that's why I'm doing this podcast is to like remind people that you can and that you can truly go from like a loser to somewhat doing something with your life. And I'm not even close to achieving what I'm going to achieve. Hopefully, if I work my fucking ass off and completely change who I am, um, which I intend on doing, um, then I will. But it's just something I find interesting something I've really thought about. Think about the people from like your hometown that move away to do that. They have a specific thing in them that or, that propels them to be able to do that. So when you're here, you're just surrounded by people like that. That's your reality is that you're surrounded by all of these people that feel this way about themselves. And if you don't and you're doing the same job, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. Who's going to hire the girl that doesn't see why she's doing this job, regardless of the fact that even if she's equipped to do it, who's going to hire that girl versus the girl that is equipped to do it and knows she can fucking do it? It's, it's common sense. Who? And you notice that. You notice that you feel differently than other people. And having that kind of look at yourself seems to be healthy. It seems to be practical. It seems to be efficient. So who am I to knock it? It's clearly I'm doing something wrong. Um, it kind of goes back to my first video of, of, of thinking the right thing to do is to think less of yourself to let other people win, um, which is something I've constantly had to fight against and rework in my brain in order to ha change the person that I am to change the, tra the trajectory I'm on. Um, because if I don't, I don't. And that's just something I would have to live with and would eat me up forever. So I have to change it. I have to change this kind of map I see the world, the way I see it. I have to change it in order to get a different result, um, in order to get an efficient result. And in order to do so, I'm going to have to change the way I feel about myself. And how, how am I going to do that in a healthy way? And how much do I want? A part of me still thinks it's wrong to think too much of yourself. And maybe other people agree with that and maybe other people don't. I'm curious what the other argument is. Um, and I have a feeling the people who are making the argument that it's okay are very successful. And then that would be their argument is it gives you success. And that would be a good one. It would be a good one. Whether the, whether the fact you're cocky, whether the fact that you're the most humble person in the world, that's a belief that these people have. And ego isn't necessarily always correlated with cockiness or humbleness, but it's, it's a thing in you. It's a thing that you rest on. And you, you need to have it. You need to actually, it seems, to feel that you offer this unique thing. If you want to thrive in entertainment, you need to, you need to 
You need to look at yourself in this very specific way. Or you can be the person that just doesn't, has imposter syndrome their entire life. You can be that, that can be your story. You can be the person that never, never was curious enough to see if there's another way. Another way, simply, I don't know. But there is, there's multiple ways. And then once you kind of crack, crack it open and you see that there's a whole world and kind of unlimited space of how you can feel about yourself, you can actually feel like you are God if you want to believe that. You can get that high with yourself. You see the realm of possibility that you can look at yourself at. Then you go, how much am I supposed to feel about myself? How much am I supposed to believe? And is that gonna affect who I am? Is that gonna affect my identity? If I feel, if I pass on the belief that I'm unique, for instance, if I believe that, is that gonna change part of my identity? Am I going to suddenly, I, what does that do? Does that affect your, what does it affect? I don't know. Is that a good thing to believe that you're unique? Why is it, why, for what reason, why do parents, this, this generation at least, like our parents didn't get that, but the parents for this generation, for us as kids, uh, for Gen Z as kids and some millennials, those parents, pretty much most parents tell their kids, this gen, that they were special because their parents didn't tell them that. But why? Like, is that a good thing to believe? Because now it seems like there's some benefit that every kid grows up believing that they're special, which is something I, I didn't feel was true. I actually remember as a child noticing every person's parents called them special. And so I remember cynical me being like, no one's special then. I'm not special. I'm not going to believe that because I wanted to believe the truth. And I, sure as hell, you can't convince me that's the truth if everyone's getting told that. That was my outlook on life at age nine years old. Um, but it's true. That is actually how I looked at it. And then I think about it because I, I remember that being a thing. I remember you all. Every, every, it's like you, everyone knows that that's what's been told to them to a degree. Whether it was or not, it was kind of somebody was getting told that. And does that help you? Does that help you to have that belief on yourself? Or is it narcissistic? Or is it delusional? What does that even mean? What, did he, what does it even mean? Is it, can you argue everyone's special then? Because I could make that argument. I actually do to some level think that everyone is special in their own way. I actually do believe that. But are you supposed to feel that way? Am I supposed to rest my head at night and tell myself that I'm unique, better than everyone, this and that? No, but are you supposed to? Are you, if you're, if you're going to be in the competitive ring, maybe I'm just out of the competitive ring and I don't realize that most people feel that way. And most people feel very competent in this and that. I don't know. Maybe it's just my naiveness to, to this. And that's where I'm speaking out of. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just something I've thought about. And I'm just, it's so bizarre to me. The concept of how you're supposed to look at yourself. I don't know how I would feel if I never moved here. I'm, I'd be curious um, to kind of see if this was ever a thing. Um, just being around so many people who think so highly of themselves and it serves them. It's, it, it's very fascinating. I guess maybe you're supposed to believe the truth. 
if you do have something unique, you're supposed to believe that. I guess maybe that's it, is believing the truth. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe too this comes out of guilt of just not wanting to feel too much about myself. And maybe that's where a fascination of how much am I supposed to have? Am I even supposed to care this much? Should I just let things naturally occur the way they're going to occur? That's never been able to be a thing for me in terms of building confidence. It's all been intentional. It's all been pointed. So I can't just naturally see where ego takes me personally. I have to decide. I have to have an end in mind. And what is my end supposed to look like? I don't know. I guess it's different for everybody. And everyone has a different, even people watching, like in your eyes, your idea of what my ego should be might be different than what my mother believes my ego should be or what I believe my ego should be. Ego was hard for me to build um, as I got scouted and as this all, as any sort of anything happened to my life as I moved here. Um, it was challenging to build an ego. And it was because of these kind of deep-rooted things inside of me um, that told me I was bad or um, not worthy and a bunch of things. A bunch of things I, I haven't even spoken about that also contributed to that. Um, so that's why it was hard to develop this self-worth and self-confidence um, because of all of these kinds of deeper problems. Um, and now getting to decide once that door has been cracked open, what do I want? I get to choose anything. I get to choose to be any girl that I want to be. And what does she look like? What's important to me? What's the most important to me? Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe ego isn't that big of a deal. Maybe this comes back to my issue with being superior, an aspect of feeling I, I always have to feel lesser than for people to be accept me that's where i my go-to thing is is i have to be inferior in order to gain acceptance and diminish my power in some way maybe if i didn't feel like that i would have no problem having an ego and just being humble about it maybe that's that's the ideal way to go through life i don't know why i'm so fixated on the ideal sense but i don't think it's a wrong thing to be fixated on i think it's good to have some sort of model of what you want to be and I just am curious what mine should look like um, and what I should feel about myself and what's reasonable to feel about myself without getting rid of the qualities in me that I have um, that have served me to this day. And I do think there's a level of, of not thinking too much of myself that have served me certainly to this day that I'm just too scared to get rid of. And in fact, it almost feels like my truth as it in my identity is um, this, which I know is incorrect, but I have thought about this. Um, it feels like my true identity is like the is like the part of me that feels the most pathetic. That feels like the truest part of me, if that makes sense. So like the thing in me that is like the saddest, lowest part of myself, that voice in my head, that voice feels like the most me, if that makes sense. So I think there's almost a part of me um, that's fearful 
to lose that. Um, and get rid of completely that pathetic voice, perhaps. Um, and so that's why I'm so fixated on ego. Because I guess that means to some level getting rid of that voice. And I don't know. there's beauty in being shy. There's beauty in being scared. There's beauty in everything, at least to me. So there's beauty to these things. And it's who am I to, to say, eliminate them all and become this like stoic woman that can like do it all and is so mighty and powerful. It's not the only ideal person you can become. There's so many. It's just deciding who you want to be. And I'm just deciding who I want to be. And there's so many fucking options. And it's confusing. I don't want to pick the wrong one. I want to have some clear goal in mind of what I, what I want to be at 30 years old. What does she look like? Because I don't want to rid things of my personality. And I feel like part of my personality and part of my identity is like this like pathetic girl. And maybe that's just my own negative thoughts talking, maybe. And maybe it has nothing to do with my personality. I should probably talk to my therapist about this, maybe. But I don't know. It's just interesting to me. I remember I, at the beginning of this kind of journey into cutting the bullshit of myself and saying, I want more for myself. At the very start of that, I was in London actually visiting my mom. And I, I think this was in like a self-love book that I was reading at the time, which I could, I'll put in the description. It said to look at yourself and just accept it like in the mirror. Um, I think you have to be like naked or something. I don't know if I actually, I don't remember if I actually did it. I have such a terrible memory, but um. I do remember doing it to a degree. And I was in the mirror um, and I just looked at myself and I looked at my face and just kind of all the asymmetries in my face that I could list everyone for you right now and just saw every single thing wrong with my face and just said, that's you, that's you, get over it. That's you, get over it. like. As much as everyone wants to be something different than they are, it's you. Get over it. Um, I can be a little mean to myself, and I'm, I'm trying not to do that as much. Um, it's hard. <laughs> and at that point, I wasn't even close to not being mean to myself yet. Um, but having a little bit of self-acceptance, that was the first time I had ever done that. And it sounds stupid. It sounds like it's not going to do anything. But humor me and try. Um be kind to yourself too. Say I love you to yourself and just say that's you. Say it's you and keep saying it until it feels true. That was kind of the first thing I did um, to build these kind of blocks of self-confidence on myself, on this very shrunken, fragile girl who felt very little of herself, very little of herself. Um, I actually had a therapy session last Wednesday and um, he asked me about like this girl of, that existed that was me like three years ago, um, like two, two years ago, three years ago. And it made me so uncomfortable to think about that version of myself, um, like genuinely uncomfortable because she was so 
frustrating to me. I was almost angry at her because I wanted her to wake up. Um, and maybe it makes me uncomfortable now because I'm in a different spot than I was. And almost to relive that makes me desperately uncomfortable, I'm assuming. Um, but it's reality. It's who I was. Um, and I'm sure to some level I will still be grossed out with the person that I am right now from in two years from now. Just there's so many things I'm doing that are unhealthy. Um, there just are. Um, one of the first steps I took was just self-belief. Even if I didn't have it in myself, just the belief that I could one day have it. Um, that's how you start. You can't just like believe in yourself one day. It's that's really hard, but you can believe that you're believe that you're going to one day believe in yourself. So that's where I urge you to start. Um, flip your kind of negative view on everything. If you have one like me, um, into a positive next time someone says something nice to you that seems genuine and not flattery but genuine um believe it and know that it's okay to believe it um I'm still struggling with this one but this helped um because people believing in me helped me believe in me because that was the first thing I chose to believe the first unconsciously actually, because the first conscious one was the one in my closet. But the first unconscious thing I chose to believe was that I have potential. I have, it seems a good amount of potential in me that I don't know about. And I chose to believe that was true. I chose to believe whether I didn't truly believe it. I chose to believe that I, that that existed, that there is something that exists about me. That's good. And that if I change things, that maybe I can feel that way too. That maybe I can be on that same belief system as them. And maybe I see the same things that they see. So believe the things that your parents tell you. Um, if your parents say nice things to you. Open your mind to the concept that you can be anything that you want. And you can have anything in this world if you set your mind to it. Which I know everyone says, right? Everyone has said that for years. I just didn't think it was actually true. And it is. Even if you're, if you feel like you're behind. Because I felt for so long that the people that are going to win were the ones that knew from the start. I, th I think I've mentioned that in a video. But it's not true. You can turn your whole fucking life around and have a complete paradigm shift if you try hard enough. If you don't want to let yourself down enough. And it doesn't have to be whatever... See whatever carbonates you, whatever resonates with you, whatever moves you, whether it be your future self, whether you have a great maternal need in you, which I think I do. And so my kids, my unborn kids motivated me. Um, that motivated me incredibly. And if you feel, if you're a girl or a guy, I don't know, if maybe guys feel similarly. I don't know. Maybe it's not just a maternal thing. I don't know, actually. But if you feel... If that actually helps you, if you think about your unborn kids a lot and that helps you, then do that. If it's the pressure from your parents, if it's your dad coming down on you, being like, you'll never be good enough, do it for him. I didn't have those kinds of problems, that kind of pressure on me. If anything, I had a lack of pressure from my family. They just didn't give a shit what I did. Um, and so I had to kind of create this scolding person inside of me that's very judgmental of myself. Um, 
as replacement for not having discipline, um, that does whip me into shape. But if you already have that, use it, use it, use people, use the, I'll show you wrong. Use the people at your school that like think nothing of you and use that to be like, I'm going to show you wrong. Find something. If you don't feel like you have something to push you, to light a fire under you, to want to be better, find something that makes you want to be better. Whether you're motivated by love, what if you want to marry like the, the best girl in the world, the most beautiful girl in the world? That can be very fucking motivating to be better. Or the, the cutest guy in the world, the most eligible bachelor, that can be very motivating to be better. We all are kind of motivated by love, to be honest, at the end of the day. Um, that's, our, that's the main core fundamental in all of us, but we can have little shortcuts. I'm motivated by my kids, not necessarily to be loved, but I want them to be proud of me. I think that would be so cool to have my kids be proud of me and just to be this this great mother to them and that they that they are proud that I'm their mom. That to me is so motivating. And I it is it got me out of a rut because I I wanted that. I wanted that. Um and I'm not going to let them down. So, and I won't. I simply won't. So, find something that motivates you to feel better about yourself, to allow and give permission for you to feel better about yourself, to want to feel better about yourself, to want self-love and to want confidence and to want a little bit of a healthy ego. And hey, some people have the opposite problem. Some people need a little of an ego death. Um, I'm just speaking to hopefully other people that are in somewhat of a similar situation or resonate with resonate with this at all, um, and even if you don't, hopefully you found it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all I can offer is what I find fascinating, I guess. But yeah, um, those are some things that help me develop a little bit of a stronger ego. Um, and I'm still on my path of kind of navigating how much I want to have. And please keep me in check. This is my me speaking it out into existence. I never want to be have a crazy ego. And I never want to think too crazy of myself. Um, and if my mind changes on that, and I have some great evidence to support a different argument, then we'll cross that bridge. But my instinctual gut feeling, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that actually. Um, cause I don't want to be, I don't want to say something that's not true. Um, but yeah, you can hold me to that for now. And yeah, that is, that concludes my podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bye.